All right, Chavosai, good morning, good morning. Let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. Sure to thank our Tamatora sponsors for Tamatora sponsor for the month of Shvat, Mrs. Selma Wolf, for dedicating all of Shum and Joshua's this month with immense gratitude for the refuos from Hashem and in the merit of a refuah for all of those in need in the schus of our brave soldiers and in Eretz Hashem in the merit of the return of our hostages, Bekarov. Matt and Diane Marks for dedicating all the Shurman, for the de- dedicating Dafyomi today in memory of Diane's mother, Robert Zivi. We hope that in the merit of our Tamadora, his Nisham will have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. And of course, we dedicate all of Mesechah's Baba Kama, Le'ilu Nishmas, Master Sergeant Elio Michal Harush, Hashem Yikom Damo. We hope that in the merit of our Tamadora, his Nisham will have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. Well, so with that, let us let us begin. Today's daf is Ayin Aleph seventy one, and we are picking up Emiras Hashem on Ayin Amud Beis seventy B at the two dots at the two dots. We actually began this yesterday, but let's begin again. Ganav Umachar B'Shabbos. So I'll say it is two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen. 18 lines up from the bottom. Some really very interesting and very riveting Gemara today. Supposed to remember again, the, Gemara, the Mishnah said, that if a person went ahead and stole an animal, stole and sold the animal on Shabbos, said, I'm in the four and five times penalty payments. Okay, so that, that's the Mishnah. So the Mishnah Potter, I, but we learned in the Braisa, that if you stole an animal and sold it on Shabbos, said hello, chalamayso, you're potter. In other words, when we say potter, that means potter from Arba and Chamisha. You are potter from the four and five time penalty payments. So what's what's going on over here? How do you reconcile the Mishnah and the Braisa? So it's actually quite amazing. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, so says, I'll give you an explanation. Kitanya he the potter. When the Braisa says that your that your potter, here's the case. But Omer lo. We'll say this is where the purchaser says to the Ganov, So remember again, let, let's just play this out. Ruvain, right? Ruvain goes ahead and steals the sheep from Shimon on Shabbos. Okay? Now Ruvain wants to steal, sell the sheep. So he sells it to Levi. He sells it to Levi. All this happening on Shabbos. Levi obviously now has to pay, right? So in other words, Ruvain wants to sell the sheep to Levi. Levi has to pay for the sheep. So what does Levi say to Ruvain? Listen, here's the deal. I'm going to pay you for the sheep. I'm going to pay you in figs. I'm going to pay you in figs. I have a fig tree and pay you in figs. And it happens to be, Ruvain says, you know what? I'll pay you even in fresh figs. So go over to my fig tree and go cut down 10 figs for yourself. So go, so what happens? So Ruvain goes ahead and pulls off of the tree 10 figs. And I was saying, I remember again, the act of detaching produce from a tree on Shabbos is an av one of the 39 prohibited categories of malacha, which if you do so intentionally, carries with it a death penalty. So I'll say, so now watch, here's the case over here. So therefore, when Ruvain is selling the object, Ruvain also incurs a death penalty, right? So he's selling the object. So now again, there's two things happening over here. He is selling a stolen object, which generally, when it comes to livestock, would incur the four or five times penalty payment. And at the same time that he's selling the livestock, he's also incurring a death penalty. Why? Why? Because he's detaching produce from the tree on Shabbos. So Moses, remember again, this becomes now a case of what? Kimwe b'dirabimine. That whenever you have an act which simultaneously results, ultimately again, in a death penalty and a financial liability, ultimately the financial liability is set aside in the face of the death penalty. 
That's what's occurring over here. So the, this, this is where, and that's why the Brisa says, you're potter. So the Mishnah, the Mishnah is just talking about Stama case, where Reuven stole on Shabbos, and is selling it on Shabbos. And again, the sale is not resulting in any kind of death penalty. So in that case, he's chayiv for the financial penalty of Arba Bechamisha. The Brisa, which says that your potter is talking about a case of simultaneity, where there is both an obligation for financial liability and a death penalty. If that's the case, the death penalty sets aside the financial liability. Beautiful. I mean, not, not beautiful, but you understand. So take, take, a look, take a look at Rashi over here. Actually, not yet. Um, yeah, look at Rashi. Akot te'ina, lokot te'ina meteina, si bidimeh ha'gneva, b'shabes, b'chein asa, so Ruvain did this, Ruvain did this, and ultimately again, Ruvain is now Chayiv Misa. Because he's Chayiv Misa, therefore he's going to be exempt ultimately again for the Arba Vechamisha. Beautiful. So the Gemara says, one second. Does this make sense? Amri, Bechavan Dechitavale Kaman Bedina, Lo Amrina Le Zil Shalim, the Mechayiv Binafsho. Supposed to now listen to this. Let's, let's play this out. Okay, so now let, let's, let's go with this interpretation of the case. Right? Ruvain stole the sheep from Shimon, sold it to Levi on Shabbos. Levi said, Shimon, Ruvain, excuse me, go ahead and take your payment from the figs on my tree. So now, let's say, so now Ruvain goes ahead and does so. So now Ruvain is Chayiv Misa for violating Shabbos. And that sets aside the financial liability. So let's play this out for just a second. Let's say now it turns out that Ruvain is caught. Reuven is caught, and now Reuven has to return the object, right? Or I should say, they extract the lamb, the sheep, from Levi to give it back to Shimon. So now, we'll say, what's going to happen? What's going to be the next situation over here? So, so Levi, the buyer, is going to come to Basin, and what is Levi going to want back in return? What is he going to want back? The figs, right? After all, again, if there's no sale, if there's no sheep, if you're Levi, I want my figs back. Now, we'll say, now watch this. The Gemara says, you know, when Levi comes to Basin asking for his figs back, what is Basin going to say? Bezin is going to say, listen, we're not getting involved in this because at the end of the day, Ruvain is now Chayiv Misa as a result of the figs that he picked. So because of that, Bezin is not going to start, Bezin is not going to start a legal proceedings, a financial legal proceedings against Ruvain to extract the figs and give them back to Levi since Ruvain is Chayiv Misa. Now watch the Gemara says, Amri, the Chayvan Dechi Tavale Kaman Bedina. If, let's say again, Levi, after having the sheep taken from him and given back to its owner, to Shimon, if Levi would come to us and based in, uh, right, requesting us to intervene and get his figs back from Ruvain, so the Gemara says, Lo Amrina, so the Gemara says, Lo Amrina lay, Zil Shalim, we would not say to Ruvain, Ruvain, go ahead and pay back the figs, right? Why? Because Ruvain is Chayed Misa, the Nechayed Benafsho, so the Gemara says, Hamachira nami lab Mechirahi. So I will say, here's what's interesting. The fact that if, just to play this out, the fact that if the theft were to be discovered, and let's say, again, the sheep would be taken from Levi, the buyer, given back to Shimon, the original owner, and now Levi were to come to Bezdin and demand restitution for his figs, we would say to him, I'm sorry, this is not a case we're getting involved in. Why? Because since Ruben is Chayev Misa, we're not going to start dealing with the financial implications over here. What does that show you? What that shows you at the end of the day is that the sale wasn't really a sale. Sale wasn't really a sale. Because the sale wasn't really a sale, maybe that's why, maybe that's why Ruben is not Chayev Arba Vechamisha. In other words, you're looking at this, the reason why Ruben is part of Arba Vechamisha 
because it's like a kimle bidrabamine, like there's this simultaneity of liability, and therefore again the capital liability sets aside sets aside financial liability. Maybe not. Maybe actually the reason why there's no arba v'chamisha over here is because there's not really a sale. That's why it's not chayiv. So Al Amra Papa says you're right. Let me give you a different interpretation. Well, so remember again, all of this is an effort is an effort to go ahead and determine an explanation of the b'risa, right? Remember again, the Mishnah says that if you set, that if you steal and sell on Shabbos, you're chayiv arba v'chamisha. The b'risa says you're pater. We're just trying to figure out the b'risa. Why does the b'risa say that you're pater? So the Gemara says, listen to this next. So therefore, our Papa comes along and offers a different explanation. Papa, zrok listen to this. Papa says, here's the case. Same, same, same scenario. In other words. Ruvain stole from Shimon, it is now selling it to Levi. So Levi says to Levi says to Ruvain, here, do me a favor, pick up the sheep, pick up the sheep, and just throw it into my chatzar. And I'll acquire it like that. Alright, we'll settle up payment afterwards, but I'll, I'll acquire it like that. So says, now watch this. So the Gemara says, Come on. So says, so what's happening over here? What's happening over here? Once again, there's this simultaneity. Now remember again, if you are Ruvain and you're taking a sheep from one domain, let's say you're standing in Rosh Hashanah and you throw it into Levi's domain, what is that called? What is that called? Hotza. That's called transferring an item from one domain to another on Shabbos, which if done intentionally, is also a malacha, carries with it liability for death, right? Death penalty. Death penalty for willingness, for, for willing, willing, willing desecration of Shabbos. So therefore, again, I'm both saying, Rapapa suggesting over here, that's the case. So now, one more time. Ruvain stole the sheep from Shimon, and now is selling it to Levi. Levi says, just pick it up, throw it into my domain. So therefore, Ruvain picks it up, throws it into Levi's rishos. So we'll say, what's happening over here? Simultaneously, there's dual liability. Number one, for Arba V'chamisha, four and five time penalty payment, for having sold a stolen item. And number two, liability for violation of Shabbos. So because, now once again, that's Kimli B'dramimine. Whenever you have simultaneity for both death and money, the death penalty sets aside the financial liability. That's why the Brisa says that your partner, to which the Gemara says, well, one second, one second, Kiman, whose opinion does this reflect? Rabbi Akiva da'amar kluta k'mishuhun chadamya. Now, we'll say, I remember again, it's only worth explaining to Rabbi Akiva, because what does Rabbi Akiva say? Once something enters into the airspace, right, of a domain, it's as if it is at rest. Well, remember again, we saw this machlokas back in Shabbos, back in Erevin. When, when is an item considered to be at rest in the domain? Is it literally only once it hits the ground, or even once it enters into the airspace? So this is a machlokas Rabbi Akiva and Rabbanos. Rabbi Akiva holds, once it enters into the airspace, it's as if it's at rest. This is the only way this case works. Why? Because if it's like the Rabbanon who hold that ultimately, again, something is only considered to be at rest in a domain once it hits the ground, because if us listen to this, according to the Rabbanon, you wouldn't have simultaneity. Why wouldn't you have simultaneity? Because from an acquisition perspective, ultimately, again, Levi will acquire the animal the moment it hits his airspace. But for a Shabbos liability perspective, there's not liability until when? Until it hits the ground. If there's no simultaneity, then you could be chayyeh for two things, right? Kimle b'dirabamine only works when there's simultaneity. So therefore, the Gemara is pointing out, Rav Papa, you have a great suggestion, but your suggestion only works according to Rabbi Akiva, who holds that even for Shabbos, airspace, quote-unquote, acquires. Right? So therefore, again, there's simultaneity. 
Right, Reuven lifts up, lifts up the sheep, throws it into Levi's domain. Then what happens? Then what happens? Both in one moment, in one moment, you're chayy for Shabbos and chayy for financial liability. So Rutushin learns, well, it doesn't have to be that way. You could also set it up as Ba'omer, lo tikni li ad shetanuach. So I'll say, ultimately, you could set up this case. I'm sorry, right? So you could set this up as a situation where halacha the the Levi said, my property will only acquire once it goes ahead and it hits the ground. Okay, so the point is, you can make it work according to the Rav Bonon as well. But I will say, but this is Rav Papa's, this is Rav Papa's interpretation of all of this. Beautiful. Well, say, Rav Amar, Rav says, no, not necessarily. The Olam, so I'm going to come back to Kluta Kamishu in just in just a little bit. Rav Amar, the Olam, Karayim Barachama. So I will say, now remember again, Rav decides to go back to Rami Barachama. I will say, well, what was Rami Barachama's idea? Rami, Rami Barachama's approach was where, where remember, Ruben stole from Shimon, Ruben stole from Shimon, and then went ahead and sells it to Levi. Levi says, how, how is Levi going to pay Ruvain, he says, Ruvain, pick some figs. Pick some figs from my, uh, from, from my yard. That'll be your payment. And we wanted to suggest, because now Ruvain has also incurred a death penalty for willful violation of Shabbos. Kotzer, Ktsira, reaping, right? There's simultaneity of liability. And therefore, he's only chayyah for the death penalty. We don't set aside the money. Now, the reason why the Gemara moved on from Yerachama is because the Gemara suggested that maybe Rabbi Barakhama's case is not really a sale. Why is it not really a sale? Because let's play this out. If afterwards, right, they were to discover that Ruvain stole, and now what happens? Bazin repossessed the sheep, gave it back to Shimon. Levi shows up in Bazin and says, hey, I want my figs back. What would we say to Levi? No, we're not getting involved in this. We're not getting involved in this. Since Ruvain is already liable to a death penalty, we're not, we're not following up on your claim for the figs. We're just, we're just not. So the Gemara says that shows you that there was never a sale. So now the Gemara wants to go back and challenge that point. Rabbi Amr, the old Rabbi Barachama. We like Rabbi Barachama's interpretation. The Gemara says, Esnan, es, the Gemara says, I'll give you an example. Esnan, Asra Torah, Ba'afilu Ba'al Imo. So also the Gemara uses a very, an, an exaggerated case. So watch the following scenario. Right? Ruvain has relations with his mother. Okay? Right? Ruvain's mother is a harlot, and he has relations with her. She says, before, right? So before they have relations... She says, okay, you know, my fee is uh, X, whatever, whatever the fee is. He has relations with her. He gives her the fee. He gives her the fee. And I will say, now, remember, again, this is uh, good. I want to wake everybody up a little bit over here, right? So he, wants, he gives her the fee. Now, I will say, now, remember, again, the halacha is esnan zona, money, or let's say, in this case, over here, an animal, that a woman receives as compensation for, for her services cannot be offered up as a carbon. That's Talacha, Esnan Zona. So now watch this. So now Ruven, Ruven gives his mother a sheep. Ruven gives his mother a sheep. Now watch this. Vim Tavala Kaman Bedina. Now, okay, so that, that's Talacha. So now that animal cannot be offered up as a carbon. Now watch this. Let's say for argument's sake, let's say for argument's sake, that, that now what happens? Ruven has relations with his mother and he refuses to give her the sheep. She brings him to Bazdin. She brings him to Bazdin, right? That's one of those days where the Diana are like, I should have stayed in accounting, right? right? So I say, so, 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 now, so now what happens? So now, so now she brings him to Bazdin. So, so now, Bazdin, what is Bazdin going to say to this case? Right? What is Bazdin going to say to this case? So I say, Bazdin is going to say, whoa, we are, we are not, we are, you need therapy, not a Bazdin, right? In other words, 
We are, we, are not, we are not wading into this case. I'm saying that there's a reason why Bez is not going to wade into this case. Why? Because remember, again, Ruvain's Chayiv Nisa. Right? Ruvain's Chayiv Nisa for incest. So, so, so Lomaisa, Bez would not get involved in this case. Yet, I will say, what's the point? What's the point? So, I will say, so now, obviously, Bezin is not going to get involved and say, you know, Ruvain, you had relations with your mother, you promised her a sheep, you really owe the money. You owe the money, right? Bezin's not going to get involved in this. Yet, I will say what? Yet, despite all that, Afagav, Techi, Tavala Bedina, Lormina, Zil Havle, Kevin, Diyavle, Have Esnan. So I will say, even though Bezin would not get involved in this, it doesn't change the fact that Halacha Lamaisa, the sheep that he would give her ultimately, does have the status does have the status of Esnan Zona. It does have the status of Esnan Zona. So we'll say, so just interesting, interesting to note over here. So what the point the Gemara is making is, is that Halacha Lamaisa, is that Halacha Lamaisa, just because something, just because something is not necessarily enforceable in a court of law, doesn't mean that at the end of the day, the transaction itself didn't occur. So in other words, just because Ruben's mother couldn't sue him in Bayesden ultimately, again, for Esnan Zona, doesn't mean that the animal that he would give her has, doesn't have the status of Esnan Zona. Similarly, again, just because in the Shabbos case, just because if, if Levi would come to Bayesden and say, I want my figs back, Bayesden wouldn't get involved, doesn't mean that a sale didn't occur. That's the point the Gemara is making over here. Hachanami, last line about Hachanami, Afagab de Inyan Tashlumen, so, so too over here, in this case, even though Levi would show up in Bezin and say, you know what, I want my figs back. Bezin would not get involved in this case. Right? They're not getting involved in this case because Ruben is Chayiv Nisa. Nevertheless, top of Ayin Aleph, Afilu Hachi, Kevan Tekamakni Lebahachi, Havya Mechira. Nevertheless, I will say, it still is a valid sale. In other words, just because Bezin wouldn't follow up on it, that's because there's another complicating legal reality that's happening over here. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, the sale would still be a valid sale. So if I will say, the Gemara seems to go back and choose to really interpret the price. So if I will, we really have two cases. Case number one, case number one, is the case of our Mishnah, which is Ruvain steals a sheep from Shimon and sells it to Levi on Shabbos. All this happens on Shabbos. And what does the Mishnah say in that case? Mishnah says, Ruvain is chayiv, arba vechamisha. He's chayiv, the four and five time penalty payment. Good, that's it, straightforward case. Then I have a Brisa that says that if Ruvain stole from Shimon and sold the sheep to Levi on Shabbos, Ruvain is putter from Arba Vechamisha. So what's that case? What's that case? Now, the Gemara seems to end off by going with Rami Bar And Rami Bar says that Halokha Lamaisa, it's a case of where when Ruvain sells it to Levi, Levi says, okay, go, go take some figs from my tree as payment as payment, so Ruvain does so. So therefore, I will say, at the moment that Ruvain is selling the object to Levi, he's also incurring a death penalty for Shabbos violation. That'll be Kimle B'dirabamine, simultaneous liability, sets aside the financial liability, only Chayef for the capital liability, and that's why the Bryce says, your putter for Abra V'chamisha. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, let's go back there. Kanavatami Yom Kippurim. So I'll say, the next case in the Mishnah was, was that Ruvain went ahead and stole and slaughtered on Yom Kippur. So the Gemara says, I will say, so now remember, remember, in, um, for Yom Kippur, for violation of Yom Kippur, there's a chi of karis. In general, the concept of kimei bedirabamine, that when there is simultaneous li- liability, ultimately, again, we set aside the financial liability 
in the face of the death penalty, only applies to Misa Bide Adam, only applies to death sentences carried out in a human court. But let's say Kares, Misa Bide Shanayim, which are heavenly punishments, right? Ultimately, again, the financial liability stands. So the Gemara says, um, so the Gemara says, Amri, Amai, Nihidi Katla Leka, even though you're right. So there's no, there's no death penalty imposed by a court over here. So that's why, again, if you stole and you slaughtered and sold on Shabbos, alto, oh, sorry, on Yom Kippur, you would be chayv arbe v'chamisha, because there's no humanly imposed death penalty. But I will say, at the end of the day, there's malchus, right? Malchus niha'ika, you get, you get lashes. So why don't we say that because there are lashes, maybe the presence of lashes sets aside the financial liability. The on the we have a concept that you don't get malchus and pay as well. So in other words, why not say that on Yom Kippur, even though you're right, the death, the death sentence is not carried out in a human court. It's only done by the Shamayim. But Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, there's Malchus. And maybe the presence of Malchus should set aside the, pen, the, the financial penalty. Amri Hamani, who's the pain? Is this Rabbi Meir? Da'amar, Da'amar, Rabbi Meir, Da'amar Lokum Shalim. Rabbi Meir actually holds that you can get Malchus and a financial penalty as well. Okay. So the Lord Rabbi Meir, if that's Rabbi Meir, I feel Tavach B'Shabbos. If that's Rabbi Meir, then ultimately, again, so if that's the case, then we should say the same thing over here by a person who steals and slaughters on Shabbos. Because Rabbi Meir, Rabbi, right, Rabbi Meir would still hold that you should have to pay. So well, maybe Rabbi Meir only holds that you can get Malkus and Mamon, but not Misa and Mamon. In other words, Rabbi Meir says you could get flogged and have to pay. But there's no such thing as having a death penalty and having to pay as well. Velo, is that true? So the Gemara says, Vatanya, we learned, Ganav v'tavach b'shabbis, Ganav v'tavach la'avod zara, Ganav shor haniskal utuvakas. We'll say three cases over here which we're going to talk about. Number, case number one, right? Ruvain stole and slaughtered on Shabbos. He stole and slaughtered for avod zara. Or he stole and slaughtered a shor haniskal. Sharnisqa means is a shard that killed someone and therefore again is going to be stoned. We spoke about this before, it's going to be killed. It's going to be killed. So in all of these cases, if Ruvain did this, Mishalim Arba Vechamisha Div Rabbi Meir. So in all of these cases, ultimately again, you're still going to have to pay the four and five time penalty payments to Rabbi Meir. So I'll say, so now Vecham Poch and the Chamim go ahead and say that you're Pater. Now just to appreciate what's happening over here, we'll discuss this a bit more, but specifically the case of Shabbos. Right? In the case where Reuven goes ahead and steals the animal on Shabbos and slaughters it on Shabbos, Shabbosai, that is a case of simultaneous liability. Right? You're chayv for theft, and you're also chayv ultimately again for slaughtering. Now, slaughtering an animal on Shabbos is one of the Lamites Malachas. Yet, again, Rabbi Meir still holds that you are chayv both Mamon and Nisa. So you see from here that Rabbi Meir holds that you could be chayv for two things, both Mamon and Nisa. So the Lord says, Amri bar mine dahi. Leave out this case. I'll tell you why. Daha itmar Allah, Amrab Yaakov, Amrab Yochanan, from the Amrab Yermia, Amrab Shimon Lakish, Rabbi Avin, Rabbi Loi, the Chol Chavrusim Mishmed Rabbi Yochanan. So a lot of people said, Amri, Betoveach Ayide Acher. This is interesting. Now let's say, what's the case over here? The case over here ultimately is in all of these cases, we're talking about a situation where the Shechita is being done by someone else. Ruven stole it, Ruven stole the object. But the shechita is being done by another party. Very interesting. And that's why there could be dual liability. Dual liability. Okay. So the Gemara says, one second. Let, let's, let's analyze this for just a second over here. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I don't understand. 
if, if Ruvain's the thief and someone else is slaughtering, so then why would Ruvain be chayiv arba v'chanisha? Right? In other words, we'll say, the way the Torah is set up, is we assume we're talking about there's one guy doing all of this, right? One thief who is stealing and then subsequently slaughtering slash selling. So if you have one guy stealing and someone else slaughtering and selling, why would, why would the thief be liable arba v'chanisha? So the Gemara says, um, so in general, in general, we have a concept that you're only liable for something if you're the one carrying out the Maisa. This may be an exception. Why is this an exception? Because the Pasuk says, when speaking about Arba Vechamisha, that if you steal a sheep or a cow, you have to pay four or five times penalty. If the Torah says, Eat, right? You went ahead and you slaughtered it or you sold it. Now, interestingly enough, the Torah itself is linking these two processes of stealing and slaughtering. To teach you what? Now, remember again, a sale only works if what? If there's another party. Right? Obviously, a seller has another party. So to again, interestingly enough, there's liability even if what? Even if the slaughter was done through someone else as well. It's interesting. In order, so it's just it's a, it's 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 just a legal technicality. So Moses says, "Debei Rabbi Shmuel Tana O LeRabos Hashliach." So Moses says, "Debei Rabbi Shmuel." They said the word "O" in the pasuk "O" comes to include that even if the slaughter was done through a shaliach, ultimately again the thief would be liable. Debei Chizkiya Tana Tachas LeRabos Hashliach. So Debei Chizkiya said ultimately again Tachas comes to include a shaliach and liability as well. So Moses says. Bottom line, all three of these opinions are, are agreeing on the same idea, which is there's something unique over here, that even if the shechita is done through someone else, ultimately, again, there's liability for the thief. Liability for the thief. So again, I will say, therefore, you know, Ruvain steals a, 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 a sheep from Shimon, and he goes ahead and he gives it to Levi to slaughter. When Levi slaughters it, ultimately, Ruvain, is, Ruvain the thief, is going to be chayiv arba v'chamisha. Right, which is unique because generally, in order to be liable for something, you have to commit the act yourself. But again, based on the drush and the pasuk, even if a third party goes ahead and does the slaughter, the thief will be high for that. Fascinating. So Maskif Marzutra, so Marzutra said, one second, me ikami the the ilu avid ihu lo mechayiv va'avid shaliachu mechayiv. So I said, so now let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So let, let, let's plug this in now to our case, right? So now I understand, I understand that there's liability for the thief for the four and five time penalty payment, even if he has someone else slaughter the animal. Someone else is acting on his volition. Fine. Here's, here's my problem. Here's my problem. It's Shabbos. Reuven goes ahead and steals an animal from Shimon. Okay? Now Reuven gives the animal to Levi and Levi slaughters it. Levi slaughters it. So he says, now what's going to be the halacha? What's going to be the halacha? Reuven is chayiv arba v'chamisha. Now here's what I was saying. So now what if Ruvain slaughtered that animal himself on Shabbos? Potter, why? Right? So now I'll say, in general, we, the halacha works like this. Whatever you yourself would not be liable for, a shaliach acting on your behalf would not be liable for. So now I'll say, here's the problem with this. So now if Ruvain himself were to slaughter the animal on Shabbos, he would not be chayiv arba v'chamisha, va'avid shliach u'mechayiv, yet if a shliach does that on his behalf, he will be chayiv? That's just a strange formula. To which the Gemara says, Amalei Rashi, hasam lab mishum d'lo mechayiv hu, 
So this is She says, you're misunderstanding. Misunderstanding. When we say that if Reuven slaughters the animal on Shabbos, that he right, that he's not chayiv. It's not that he's not chayiv. He is chayiv. But rather, what happens? There's a legal technicality. The legal technicality is that when you are liable to death and to money, so ultimately, again, the death penalty kind of just sets aside the financial liability. It's not that you're potter. You're chayiv. You're chayiv. It's just that ultimately, again, we don't enforce that chiv against you. So obviously, again, when a shaliach is acting on your behalf, and therefore there's no death penalty on you, the thief, ultimately we will impose the financial liability. Fascinating. Fascinating. So much of Ibn the Acher, now let's analyze this. But if it's a case, ultimately, again, where Ruvain is not shafting himself. So now, again, let's go through this. It's Shabbos. Ruvain steals an animal from Shimon, gives it to Levi. Levi slaughters it. So now, again, we said you're going to be chayi four and five times penalty payments, according to Rabbi Meir. Why? So which makes sense, because now, again, the shechita is happening through someone else. Why would Rabbanon say that you're pater? Why would Rabbanon say that you're pater? Amri man chachamim, who the chachamim? Rabbi Shimon. So we'll say, Rabbi Shimon in general says that the four and five time penalty payment for slaughter only occurs with the shechita which produces a, 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 an animal that is consumable. But if the shechita ultimately again is not a valid shechita, then halacha you're not chayiv fa'arba v'chamisha. I will say, now watch this. Here we go. Amri, so let's analyze this. So I understand the case where you shechted for Avodah The shechita is not a good shechita. Why? Because since you shechted it for Avodah the animal is not consumable. Shorhan is The Allah is once the animal is condemned to death. Even if you shechted, you're not allowed to eat it. But what about Shabbos? I understand. Right? If, if again, if, is she- if, if you have a third party shechting it on Shabbos, why is the animal not consumable? Shechita ru'uyahi. This should be a, pro- this should be a proper shechita. Why was this and this? Well, see, first of all, it's incredible that we're learning Hilcho Shabbos on Erev Shabbos, which is also just like a, a fascinating confluence of events. So we'll see, now watch this. This nan, Hashokhit B'Shabbos Yom Kippurim, if a person shechts an animal on Shabbos on Yom Kippur, Afa Pishem is Chayib Nafsho, Shritik Shabbos, the first white line. What's the Allah say? If you shecht an animal on Shabbos and Yom Kippur, even though there is liability, capital liability, for shechting an animal on Shabbos, but... The shechita is a good shechita. The animal is kosher. The animal is kosher. So if the animal is kosher, we'll say, so ultimately, again, why would the Rabbanon say, that's your potter? Why would the Rabbanon say, that's your potter? To which the Rabbanon Amri, listen to this. Here we go. We're now getting into the kishkas of Hilcho Shabbos, which is really exciting. So we'll say, it must be that the Rabbanon, who hold like Rabbi Shimon, I, 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 I say the Chamim, also, Rabbi Yochanan Sandler. What did Rabbi Yochanan Sandler say? This man, Hamavashal b'Shabbos b'Shogeg. Watch this. A person cooks on Shabbos accidentally, right? Accidentally, I, I forgot it was Shabbos, or I didn't know that cooking is prohibited on Shabbos. Okay. So what's talach? B'Shogeg. If you did it accidentally, Yochal, you are allowed to consume the products of your labor. But if you did it intentionally, Rabbi Meir holds, you're not allowed to so we'll say, so again, I wake up Shabbos morning, I forgot that at Shabbos, I made myself some scrambled eggs. So again, Shogeg, I forgot, I didn't know it was Shabbos, or I, I didn't know that cooking is Asr on Shabbos. So again, Rabbi Meir says, you're allowed to eat it. But if you did it intentionally, you're not allowed to eat that which you cooked. 
Okay, that's right, Mayor. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Beshoge Yochal Amase Shabbos, Bemezi Yochal Amase. Rabbi Huda says, if, no, Rabbi Huda disagrees. He says, if you cooked accidentally, you're allowed to eat it, but when? On Mase Shabbos. You can't benefit on Shabbos from any intentional malacha that you did. And if you did it intentionally, you're never allowed to eat it. Rabbi Yochanan Sal, Rabbi Yochanan Sal says, Beshoge Yochal Amase Shabbos, Lacherim Velolo. Rabbi Yochanan Sanlu says, if you cooked accidentally on Shabbos, you could be consumed on Masih Shabbos. For who? Other people. But you, the perpetrator, you're never allowed to eat it. But if you did it intentionally, no one is ever allowed to eat it. So therefore, I will say, watch this. So the Gemara says, well, let's finish up. So, both say, so before we go on, the Gemara wants to just like this. So therefore, the Chachamim who say, the Chachamim who say, now let's go back, right? Reuven steals an animal from Shab, on Shabbos from, from, from Shimon and now gives it to Levi to slaughter. Levi slaughters it. Levi slaughters it. So ultimately, again, remember, Rabbi Meir says, Yechayif. Rabbi Meir says, Yechayif, right? Because remember, again, so the person who steal, stole it is not the person who's slaughtering it, but yet the person who stole it is still liable for the slaughter. But because there's no killing with Rabbi he's going to be Chayif Arba V'chamisha. The Chum say that you're putter. Now we're trying to find out, why did the Chum say that Shepater? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because the Chum hold like Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says, any Shechita that doesn't result in a consumable animal, you're not Chayiv Abba V'chamisha. Okay. So therefore, and, and in addition, they also like, they also like Rabbi Yochanan Sandler. Rabbi Yochanan Sandler says, any time you intentionally do a Malacha on Shabbos, the results of that Malacha are prohibited to you forever. So therefore, it turns out, that when Reuven steals from Shimon on Shabbos, gives it to Levi, Levi shechts it, that shechita results in an animal that is not consumable by the thief, and therefore, Allah you're parted from Arba V'chamisha. Beautiful. That's the position of the My time of Rabbi back in Shabbos. My time of Rabbi Yochanan Asandler. What's Rabbi Yochanan Asandler's logic? Why does Rabbi Yochanan Asandler say that Allah if you intentionally violate Shabbos, in this case, it's cooking. You intentionally cook on Shabbos. Ultimately, the results are usher for you and for everyone forever. So the Gemara says, "Kididarish Rabbi Chia apischa de benesia." As Rabbi Chia darish at the end of the house of the Nasi, "Ushmartem es Shabbos ki kodesh ilochem." You shall go. We'll say it's beautiful to do this on erev Shabbos. No, incredible. "Ushmartem es Shabbos ki kodesh ilochem." We'll say you should go ahead and literally again guard the Shabbos, for it is kodesh to you. Ma kodesh aser ba'achila, just like I will say something consecrated is prohibited by for consumption. Af maisa Shabbos asurin ba'achila. So to I will say anything you cook on Shabbos is also going to be prohibited for consumption. It's beautiful. Ima kodesh aser ba'ana, af maisa Shabbos aser ba'ana. I, but if you're comparing, right? If you're comparing food cooked on Shabbos to hektish, we should say just like hektish. Is Asr Ba'ana, so too again, anything you cook on Shabbos should also be Asr Ba'ana. Tamalomar, Lochem. Therefore, the Pasik says, Lochem, Kikodeshi Lochem, Shalochem Yehei. Ultimately, again, even though you can't eat it, you can get benefit from it. So, both say, so, Sandler, the Torah compares anything cooked on Shabbos to Hektish. 
Just like hectish can't be consumed, so too anything you cook on Shabbos can't be consumed. But unlike hectish, which is asr ba'ana, for benefit, anything you produce on Shabbos lachem, you can still get hana from it. Incredible. So Mar says, Yachafil b'shogeg. You might have thought this is true, even if you did it b'shogeg. Tamal Omar, most you must. The Pasuk says, by Shabbos violation, those who violate it will be put to death. Ultimately, again, there's only liability. There's only liability, ultimately, for intentional violation of Shabbos, but not b'shogeg. So therefore, I will say, that rounds out the position, the position of the Chachamim who say that if you go out and you steal an animal on Shabbos, Right, Ruvain steals from Shimon, gives it to Levi to slaughter. Right, Ruvain is not going to be Chayev Arba V'chamisha. Why? Because since that slaughter does not produce a Shechita Ru'ir, does not produce an animal that is consumable, based on the positions of Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, therefore you're not Chayev Arba V'chamisha. This is the Machlokis between the Chachamim and Rabbi Meir. I will say, it's actually very beautiful. I mentioned this a number of times on that. Pasakava Ushmartim Esa Shabbos. So again, Rabbi Soloveitchik says, very apropos, Rabbi Soloveitchik spoke about the idea that he, he found that one of the greatest distinctions between his youth in Europe and his adult life in America, he said, in America, there are many Shomrei Shabbos. Shomrei Shabbos, right? But in America, he said, there are very few Shomrei Erev Shabbos. He says, he remembers from his youth that people were Shomer Erev Shabbos. Now what happened? On Erev Shabbos already again, there was a preparation for Shabbos. There was no running in in the 18 minutes of Shabbos, right? There was no last minute preparations that a person should go into Shabbos. Benachos. A person should be prepared. Plan your day accordingly. Of course, through last minute things, could it happen? Last minute things, of course. I would say, but a person knows. You know what's on your calendar. So you know that if you have meetings at, you know, 2.30 on, on Erev Shabbos, when Shabbos starts at whatever it is, 4.45, that is going to be a problem. You're not going to be Shomer Erev Shabbos in a situation like that. So I will say, so again, sometimes you don't have control, but when you do have control, Ushmartem Esa Shabbos is not just the din from candle lighting and on. Ushmartem Esa Shabbos ultimately again is a din already in being Shomer Erev Shabbos as all. This is a good plug. You can also see Rabbi Jacob Milner for any Tuamea sponsorships, right? Again, I'll say this is why this is why we go this is why we go into Shabbos. Tuamea again, you go in, you prepare a little bit. It's a different kind of Shabbos when a person is running in by the seat of their pants versus when a person goes in benachos. A person is ready for Shabbos. A shomer erev Shabbos, very important din in our shemir Shabbos. Pligi baravachav ravino. So let's here we go. So we'll say now now we're a little bit steeped in 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 in, in Hilcho Shabbos. Upligi Baravacha Baravina. Chadamar Maisa Shabbos Daraisa. The Chadamar Maisa Shabbos Dirabana. So this is interesting. Machlokis Ravach and Ravina. We'll say when we say. So now we've established. I will say that if you cook on Shabbos intentionally, the results of your labor are prohibited. Now I'll say so again. Machlokis in in how how prohibited. Prohibited on Shabbos, after Shabbos, for you, for other people. Here's the Shiloh. When we say that that which you cook on Shabbos is Asr, is that an Isr Da'araisa or an Isr Da'arabanon? So the Gemara says, Chad Amar Isr Da'araisa. So Chad Amar Maisa Shabbos Da'araisa. But Chad Amar Maisa Shabbos Da'araisa. Machlokas, Man Damar Da'araisa Kida Amran. So the opinion that says that it's Asr Da'araisa, that's what we just saw. Ushmartem Esa Shabbos Ki Kodesh Ilochem. We compare, we compare, Right, we compare that which was cooked on Shabbos ultimately again to Hekdish. Hekdish, Umanda and Drabon on Amar Kodesh. Ko, so the Gemara says Umanda Amar Drabon on Amar Amar Kra Kodeshu 
Hu Kodesh, Vein Maisav Kodesh. The other opinion will say, Shabbos is Kodesh. But ultimately, again, that which you produce on Shabbos, like that which you cook on Shabbos, that's not going to be Kodesh. In other words, that'll be Asr, but only Asr Medirabanon. So, Bishon, Laman Dabar So the one who says, did anything that you cook or produce on Shabbos, Asr Medirabanon, Isa, Amatullah Haki, Amabes, Amatullah Haki, Pachirabanon. So I'll say, that makes sense. That's why, according to the Rabbanon, according to the Rabbanon, ultimately, again, you're going to be potter, right? Remember again, that, that remember, going back for just a second, according to the Rabbanon, if I go ahead, right, Reuven goes ahead and steals an animal from Shimon, right, gives that animal to Levi, because we're talking about now a third party, Levi shechts the animal for the thief, for Reuven, what's going to be the halacha? Reuven is potter for Arba v'chanisha. Why? Because it's a shechita she'ina ru'uya. Why is it a, why is it an unfit shechita? Because anything you go ahead and you create, you produce on Shabbos, is going to be aser midda'araisa. So that animal is not consumable. And if you go with the position of Rabbi Shimon, that is shechita she'ina ru'uya, you're not chayif arba v'chamisha, that's why it makes sense that you're potter. Elaman da'amar, sorry, elaman da'amar dirabanan, amai pachi rabanan. Aye, but according to the opinion that says, that halacha l'maysa, that halacha l'maysa, Maisa Shabbos, anything you produce on Shabbos is only Asr mid So why would the Rabbanon exempt the thief from Arba V'chamisha? To which Mara says, you're right. According to this approach, Asha'ara Avodazara V'shar Niskal. You're right, I will say in that case, when the Rabbanon say the Chirpatar, they're not going on the Shabbos case, rather they're going on the Avodazara case and the Shorhan Niskal case. Okay, so let's analyze those cases a bit. Rabbi Meir, Amay Mechayiv Shoch Elav Avodazara. So we'll say, let's go back for just a second. Now remember again, Rabbi Meir said, I will say, Right? One of the cases that we had, Machlok Zerameir and the Chachamim, was Ruvain, Ruvain goes ahead and steals an animal and he shechts it for Avodah He shechts it for Avodah Rabbi Meir said, you're chayiv. And ultimately, again, the Chachamim say that you're potter. Why would Rabbi Meir say that you're chayiv Arbevechamisha in that case? After all, Kevan the Shachat Baparta Asra. Now, the way it works like this, the way it works is like this. If, if, if Ruvain steals an animal from Shimon and now shechts it for Avodah We'll say the moment he begins that shechita, right? The first, the first little nick that he does for avodazara, that animal is aser. That animal is avodazara now. If that's the case, idach isuri hanahu v'lav demari katalach. So we'll say if that's the case, then you don't have simultaneity over here. Then really, what happens is like this: the moment he begins the the cut, the animal is now avodazara. Once the animal is avodazara, that means it no longer belongs to its owner. If it no longer belongs to its owner, then ultimately, again, he's not shechting his own animal, or he's not shechting, so right, Ruvay's not shechting his animal, he's not shechting the animal of Shimon, he's shechting the animal of Avodah If that's the case, then what? Then although there should be liability for theft, there shouldn't be liability for Arnav Chamisha. Incredible. So I will say, so at the end of the day, now, now here's what's fascinating, here's what's fascinating. The assumption that you are working under is, when do you become, when do you become chayiv arba v'chamisha? When, when is there liability for that? At the completion of shechita. So we'll say, watch what's happening over here. When is there liability for offering an animal for avodazara? The moment you make a nick in that animal. Right? So the moment you begin a shechita, you are chayiv for So yet, liability for arba v'chamisha only occurs when? At the end of the shechita. The problem is, by the time you get to the end of the Shechita, whose animal is that? Whose animal is that? It's Avodazara animal already. Well, if it's Avodazara animal already, then there shouldn't be liability for Arba V'chamisha. You hear the interesting catch 22 over here. You're only Chayyab Arba V'chamisha if you shecht the animal that you stole from Shimon, meaning that it's Shimon's animal. 
But by the time you get to the end of the shechit, it's Avodah Zorah's animal already. So again, granted, I'm going to be chayi for theft, and I'm going to be chayi for Avodah Zorah, but I should not be chayi for Arba Bechamisha. To which the Gemara says, Omer Ava, Ba'omer Bigmar Zivicha Hava Ovda. But say, no, no, the case over here is, the case over here is where Ruvain says, I'm offering up this animal for Avodah Zorah, but I only want it to become Avodah Zorah animal at the end of the shechita. Okay. In which case there'll be the, in which case there'll be simultaneity. But remember again, Rabbi Meir holds that you're for simultaneous liability. Okay, Shar Niskal. Let's go back. We'll say what's Shar Niskal. Shar Niskal. We'll say. Remember again is the case. The Pashtus where Ruvain stole from Shimon. Ruvain stole from Shimon an animal. Now remember, this animal was condemned to die already. We'll say little Chazaran Babakama. When would you have an animal that's condemned to die? When is an animal condemned to die? Right. Animal killed someone. Right, so Shimon's animal killed someone, but yet Shimon still has it. Ruvain stole that animal from him, right? And now shechts it or sells it. So now Rabbi Meir said, Yechayv Arba Vechamisha. But why? Shar Niskal Yisuri Hanan, you know, Lav Demarek HaTabach. I will say, essentially, right, when Ruvain steals a Shor Haniskal from Shimon, what has Ruvain done? What has Ruvain done? Not really anything. That animal is prohibited from benefits from Shimon already to begin with. So why should there be Arba Vechamisha liability? What's the case? It's actually interesting. The case of us, of a kind of alluded case over here. Kigon, Shemasu the Shomer. I'll say here's the case. Right? Right? We'll call him Shimon. Shimon had an animal. Shimon gave the animal to Ruvain to be a Shomer. Okay? Vehezik Bebesa Shomer, Vehua Bebesa Shomer, Venig Bardino Besa Shomer. I'll say now what happened? Ruvain, Ruvain, while, while the animal was with, was with Ruvain, so the animal ultimately again did all of this damage and essentially became a muad and now liable to death under the domain or while under the watch ultimately of Ruvain. Okay, so now watch this. Rabbi Meir, Savalak Rabbi Yaakov, Savalak Rabbi Shimon. Okay, so I'll say just hold on to this for just a second. Rabbi Meir holds like Rabbi Yaakov and he holds like Rabbi Shimon. What does that mean? Savalak Rabbi Yaakov, the Amar, Dino, we had this case, we just actually had this case a couple of days ago with Chometz. We'll say, if let's say something happens to change the status of something, but the change in status is unrecognizable. What do we call Hezek Shein or Nikar? Can you return the item in its current state to its owner and fulfill your obligation of return? So we'll say, remember, I'll give you a simple example, right? So let's, well, let's take this case, let's take this case. Shimon entrusted his animal with Ruvain. <clears throat> so what happens now? Ruvain, Ruvain, while it was with Ruvain, now let's say it became a Shahniskal. The animal killed someone. The animal killed someone. So now Ruvain says, Ruvain brings the animal back to Shimon. He says, okay, just returning your animal. Have a great day. Right, so, we'll say, so now the Shaila is, does that work? On one hand, on one hand, has Ruvain returned the animal entrusted with him? Yeah. Absolutely. Only one little smidge of a detail over here, which is that what? This animal is now liable to a death penalty and therefore it's worthless. So we'll say, so the Shaila is when you return a worthless but fully intact an externally same animal that was given to you, right? Is that considered to be a proper return? So Rabbi Yaakov holds, yes. Rabbi Yaakov said, Rabbi said, remember again, this was the same case, remember, so we saw before, where Ruvain stole Chametz from Shimon before Pesach, and then ultimately, again, after Pesach, Ruvain decides to become a Balchuva and gives back, you know, the box of Antonin's donuts. He says, here, I'm giving you back the donuts. That's great. But the donuts before Pesach were worth something. Now, after Pesach, it's worth zero. 
Shab Yaakov holds that Allah has a Shinonik or Loshme Hazik. That at the end of the day, if the object is intact and you return it, you fulfilled your obligation. For several servos say so therefore again, that's how Mayor holds. Number one, for several Shimon the Amar, and he says, furthermore, again, something that ultimately causes money or someone right that ultimately can result in a financial claim is like, is like money itself. This now Rabbi Shimon Omer, ultimately, again, a carbon, right? If you steal a carbon that the owner ultimately has financial liability for, ultimately, again, you're chayiv. Alma, Dover Hagarin, the Mamma Kimamundami. Therefore, Rabbi Meir would hold like both of these opinions, like Rabbi Yaakov and like Rabbi Shimon, and that would ultimately again result in liability even for an Avodah Zarah animal. Okay? I said this over in front of Rav Zira Nardal. So, are you setting up our Mishnah like Rabbi Meir and not like Rabbi Shimon? So, the Gemara look at the Seifa, Rabbi Shimon Poter Bishne Elu. The Rabbi Shimon ultimately patters in both of these cases. We'll say the last week he's in the Mishnah. Mechlad de Bekula Masnisin Moda. We'll say that sounds like over in the rest of the Mishnah, he ultimately again would agree. Amalei, Lav Mechlad de Moda, Betavach Umachar, the Rufo So we'll say, no, no, no. All it means, Amalei, Lav Mechlad de Moda, Betavach Umachar, the Rufo Vilaklavim. We'll say, all it means ultimately again is that what? Is that Halacha Lamaisa. Yeah, take a look, by the way. I'm sorry, let me just go back to this for just a second. So the Gemara says, one more time, Rav Kana said, Rav Kana said this over in front of Rav Zid of Nardal. And he says, Mi matis mukmas matis Do you really think that it's possible to establish our mission like Rabbi Meir? Look at Rashi, which is more. Mitzvah matis mukmas nisin. The gun of a tab of Yom Kippur and Rabbi Meir. L'chudei damar loka m'shalei. So I'll say, remember again, Earlier in the Mishnah, the Mishnah spoke about the case of a person who steals and sells on Yom Kippur. So ultimately, again, can you set this up like Rabbi like we were just trying to do? After all, again, I will say, look at the end of the Mishnah. What did the end of the Mishnah say? The end of the Mishnah said, right, Rabbi Shimon poter bishnei elu. Rabbi Shimon patered in those two cases. And the fact that we mentioned Rabbi Shimon by name at the Seifa seems to indicate that what? Michlal debekula masnisin moda. Sounds like by the rest of the Mishnah, ultimately again, ultimately again, that he's Moda. To which the Gemara says, Amarle, lo michlal de Moda, betavach umachar le refua v'leklavim. Take a look at Rashi, le refua v'leklavim. Vistrech, the son of Osei is coming to tell us that Bishimun is Moda in the case, ultimately, where a person slaughters for the purpose of refua, medicinal purposes, and for skidding to eat to his dogs. Now, what's the chiddush in there? Look at Rashi. The refuah of the klavim. This trich lashmuinan afagav Rabbi Shimon shchitashin ruya loshma shchita hach shchita ruya kachashim. So, it's actually a different discussion which we're going to get into. That even though Rabbi Shimon himself, Rabbi Shimon holds that halacha lemaisa, that halacha lemaisa, that when you shecht, in order for there to be liability, it has to be a shchita ruya. Right? And therefore, again, if you shecht for a shchita shenri, which means a shchita that is not for consumption purposes, Ultimately, even Rabbi Shimon would agree in a case where you shecht for either medicinal purposes or to give to the dogs, that's called the shechita ruya. 
that is called a proper shechita since it serves a defined purpose. Finish up in Rashi. He says, Good. just coming to say Rabbi Shimon. So again, just coming to say in those last two cases that even Rabbi Shimon would agree with that. What comes out over here is something really fascinating. We, we, uh, okay, there's a lot that comes out over here. But bottom line, bottom line, what we see is that Halacha Lamaisa. We really spent the majority of our time focusing on this machlokis, and and ultimately again reconciling all of these cases. So I will say what, what comes out essentially is will only be incurred in a situation where there's no kumli with the rabbinine. But if there's kumli with the obviously again you get the death penalty. We set aside the arba v'chamisha. Shita of Rabbi Shimon does it have to be a ruuya Ultimately, still requires us to go ahead and and determine in our sugis to come. I will say I just want to end off. With one, with one last piece. We, we began the day today. I, I want to make sure we finish the Gemara first before we went into this. We began the day today with an interesting machlokis about Kuta Kimishahuncha, Machlokis Rabbi Akiva and the Rabbanan about when an item goes through airspace but doesn't land in that domain, is it considered to be as if it came to rest or not? So Rabbi Akiva Paskins, Rabbi Akiva Paskins, that we hold Kuta Kimishahuncha Damya, right? Ultimately, if an item goes through an airspace, it's as if it came to rest in that domain. So, so I was thinking about this concept, and I think that there's a tremendous Musra Haskell in this as well. The Musra Haskell, Kluta Kemishun what does it mean? And I will say, sometimes in life, sometimes in life, so we have moments of incredible growth, and moments of incredible aliyah, right? Moments of like inspiration, and moments where I have, like I, I really, on a spiritual level, I have it together. And then what happens, Rebbe was saying? We have those moments, and then what happens? We kind of just keep moving. We keep moving, right? And we don't retain that growth. And a lot of times in life we think that if you just have like episodic moments of growth and episodic moments of connection and episodic moments of aliyah, they're meaningless. If it's not consistent and if you can't retain it, it doesn't mean anything. And it comes, comes along Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Akiva says that's incorrect. Rabbi Akiva says, Kluta Sometimes, even when you're just passing through an area, it's as if you came to rest. Even sometimes just passing through spirituality, even if you don't remain there, still is a meaningful, is a meaningful moment. That Allah, even if you don't come to rest in the place of spiritual growth, but you just pass through, that's meaningful also. Meaningful moments of Aliyah, meaningful moments of inspiration, Meaningful moments of growth, even if they're not sustained, even if you don't come to rest in that space of spiritual growth, but you just pass through, those are meaningful also. Also, again, we have to give ourselves credit, even for the episodic moments of growth, even if we're not able to maintain or ultimately sustain them. Obviously, our goal is to maintain spiritual growth, to go ahead and facilitate and constantly nurture spiritual growth, but even if we just pass through for a moment here or there, understand the profundity of those moments as well. Good Shabbos, a wonderful week of learning together.